Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And oh, uh, yeah, Dave's got his tea there. <laughs> I do. Tea. Not a I good do. sign. Not a good sign. Not this might be a sign. wild one. Uh huh. Because it's going to be especially wild because we are finally getting to a fan listener request that we've had forever, which is to talk about. No, it's not egg. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> people are gonna be like, "Ah, oh, it's egg." It's egg. I know. Finally. No, no egg yet. No, but instead, no. next best thing, talking about the Ruddles, and in particular their 1978 movie, "All You Need Is Cash." And yeah. So this is where this is part of our series. Put them in the movies, and you might be thinking, "Well, but this isn't." You know, are there really Beatles in this movie? And we'll hold that question. I'll give you the answer later <laughs> about why it fits in this series. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah, like we've said, we, a lot of you have written in before and said, "Talk about the Ruddles," and what do you think about the Ruddles and all that. So we decided it was finally time to get down and ask uh, each other and and have a little bit of a discussion. So I want to start by asking you. Where did you first hear about the Ruddles, or where did you first learn that there was such a thing? And then we'll talk about what that. Thing I, is. I, Dave, I have no idea, <laughs> no clue. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember. Well, I grew up watching Monty Python quite often. It was always on PBS late yep. on a Saturday night or a That's Friday right. night. I British what, Saturday night, yeah. And I loved it. I loved everything about Monty Python. We had a video disc player and we had Life of Brian. So Life of Brian's always been one of my favorite movies. But I I do remember watching this. And I think, Dave, that I watched this on maybe a copy of a copy or a real bad copy or something. Because <laughs> I had very bad memories of this mm. movie. And I remember not liking it very much hmm. uh overall in 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 the past so whether whether or not that has remained the case we will discuss but i when i was i i probably watched it in my late teens when i was getting into the beatles pretty heavily probably around well when did the cd start coming out 87 yeah i was born in 73 so i was like, what, 14 15 so i was like you know buying the cds so you once you once you get in you just go all in oh yeah beatles wise so obviously i would have mixed this in but i i'm sure i would have watched this hopefully or maybe maybe that maybe that would explain it too maybe i watched it before the complete beatles or, mm. or something like that and not quite understood what i was watching yeah what about you so I, I, I like you, I don't remember exactly when I started to hear about it. I think I would go to Beetle Fest at the time it was called now the Fest for Beetle fans. And I would see people talking about the Ruddles and the Ruddles was always shown in the video room. So I, I knew there was such a thing and I knew it was a spoof. Uh, but it wasn't until actually really until I started teaching a class on the Beatles that that would be I would show the Ruddles on the last day of class. Because I, I figured once I'd seen it and what it's about and the way it's all the details, unless you you were really a Beatle knowledgeable person, you wouldn't understand a lot of it. And it made it much funnier, I thought, for the students. And they did laugh a lot when they saw yeah. it because they got 
a lot of the jokes and a lot of the parody and the the pastiche and all that so Uh, I, then I, then I learned that, you know, there's a lot more to it, that there's, uh, recordings, you know, there's a whole second album called archeology span (laughs) based like sort of like anthology and another film. So it became more of a thing, but, uh, for me, realizing that it's a mixture of Monty Python, as you mentioned, and Saturday night live, uh, it's kind of a mixture of both of those things together. Well, I've dug deep into Monty Python, and one of the things that you uh, might come across if you are a big Monty Python guy and you you watch all their stuff is the a, a predecessor series called "Do Not Adjust Your Set," which is a a British comedy series that was made pre Monty Python, and uh, Eric Idle was involved in mm. it uh, as well as a few of the other guys and. Neil Innes mm-hmm. was yep. also involved in that project. So they knew each other from there. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Neil Innes also knew the Beatles. Yes. He was yep. in the For Magical Mystery Tour. He was a member of the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, I believe, right. who performed That's right. the Death Cab for Cutie scene, the striptease scene. That's right. So he was actually already, that he met them at that point. And Later, I've read that Paul McCartney produced one of their hit singles, too. So That's right. Actually, yeah. Urban Spaceman is, yeah. is was probably the best-known Bonzo Dog Doodah band <laughs> song. Jeez. <laughs> um, and that was produced by Paul McCartney, but they didn't. he didn't use his real name, couldn't use his real name. So yeah, right. initially, when it came out, it had some crazy other name on it. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then once people leaked that it was paul mccartney it went higher in the charts of course of course it did there was that so there was a couple connections there the person who suggested bonzo dog duda band for the magical mystery tour was mcgear himself oh who was of course paul mccartney's brother yep mike Uh, mcgear so because they had they had toured together kind of hit the group that mike mcgear mike mccartney Mm was in and uh the bonzo uh dog duda band yeah, so yeah, yeah. so friendly with each other did did magical mystery tour stayed friends and obviously eric idle and george st- had struck up a, f- a friendship by then so 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 then um they had a show uh, called the uh rutland weekend or something yes rutland weekend television 1975 which was the first time that the ruttles appeared yeah and so they made a little video for that and eric idol also was hosting snl a couple times being a being a big uh famous person from from monty python's flying circus so one of the sketches he did when he hosted was a man who was a reporter who's Mm. reporting and then the car kind of takes off and he runs after the car uh, which is a sketch that would basically end up being part of this movie yeah uh the other sketches that or the other the other videos that they they played a few videos on snl actually of the ruttles i believe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so lauren michaels became aware of this and was like you know what you should make this a whole special yeah exactly yeah so then when it was produced and made into a movie you have cameos from a lot of the original saturday night live gang the the really famous first group so the people like dan Aykroyd and 
uh, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray and Gilda Radner and even Al Franken is in there for later to be That's Senator right. Al Franken uh, was in there yeah. and John Belushi, all those uh, typical people. So you've, like I said, it was really a mixture of Monty Python and Saturday Night Live and put together in this movie to basically spoof the Beatles story. And yeah. a lot of people have said this is one of the precursors. You know, a lot of people like uh, Spinal Tap, for example, and they say this is one of the movies that really inspired Spinal Tap, which, again, is another spoof film. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what you think of that theory, but yeah, <laughs> OK. Not, not exactly sure that I, I see the I mean, I, I sort of see the the lines drawn there yeah, a little bit, yeah. but if they feel a lot different to me. That's true. That's true. Um, now, one other thing of, of great note here is. So they're going to actually go shoot some of these things where, and so what they decide to do is like, we're going to have this fake band, right? And we're going to sort of recreate the great moments of the Beatles. Right. Um, and so to get this ac historically accurate, Eric Idle reaches out to George Harrison. So George Harrison becomes involved. One thing George Harrison does, and this was sort of a revelation to me a little bit, is he is like, you know what? I've got all this footage of the Beatles that's almost all put together and ready to go for a documentary called The Long and Winding Road. We've never seen it. We've heard about this forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it just completely never, never comes out, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, morphs its way eventually kind of sort of into the anthology. Exactly. But what I didn't know is that he had given them all this footage to look over. And I think they actually use little clips of some of the crowd shots and stuff like that amongst their recreations of these little moments of the Beatles. So uh, I'm sure that was a, just an absolutely invaluable resource. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as we know, George would be very close with the Monty Python group and start and produce and underwrite some of the movies, including Life of Brian that you mentioned earlier. So he was very involved. And so that uh, yeah, I don't know if this would have happened in the same way if it weren't for George. Yeah, if if he didn't become involved in this project, though oh, not yeah. heavily involved. I mean, he he has a <laughs> but he has a little cameo. But I think it struck his interests and he helped him out. And then it became not at the time and when it was shown, it was not very popular. No, it wasn't <laughs> uh, terribly rated. But yeah. uh, probably no one in America knew what the hell they were looking at. Probably, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we wouldn't have gotten, well, maybe we would have, but but mm. probably things like handmade pictures and life of Brian yeah, yeah. time bandits and all that other all that other stuff that came along with yeah. George becoming very, very involved and interested in film production. Exactly. Yeah. So we should say the four people who play the Beatles, you already mentioned mm -hmm. a couple of them. So Eric Idle is the named Dirk McQuickley, who's mm -hmm. a parody of Paul. And yeah. well, I want to ask you about each of the each of them after I go through how you think they do in their particular character. Then mm -hmm. Neil Innes is Ron Nasty, who's supposed to be John Lennon. Yeah. John Halsey is originally named Barrington Womble, but mm -hmm. then goes by Barry Wom in the movie. And that's Ringo. 
And then Ricky Fatar as Stig O'Hara, who's the George Harrison uh, character here. And we should say that Neil Innes wrote all the music. And yes. we'll, we'll talk about the music in a bit. But uh, how do you think each of those characters fits their role? Well, <laughs> that that is one of my bigger issues with the film is I think they there's an imbalance a little mm. bit in 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 the the p- poking fun at the actual Beatles. One of them, the one that hits it way out of the park is Ron Nasty. Totally. totally. There's nothing there's nothing more John Lennon than Ron Nasty. Yes, his uh, re- his responses to the reporters to just his look his yeah his style yeah and then i think barry wom obviously is probably second place as far as them kind of capturing ringo there's the 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 funny line about the two i want to be two hairdressers yeah yep one of my big problems is that that stig o'hara played by uh ricky fatar has no lines in the whole movie no He's just there. And then they make a joke about he's the quiet because he's the quiet one. Ha ha. Yeah. So he never has spoken. Right. I, I don't like that joke. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> for- him. I'd rather have him be, you know, give give us a little George. Yeah. Yeah. There. And then I just don't think the Dirk McQuickly does. Really catches Paul for me. Well, how much of it is that? Eric Idle plays two characters in the movie. He's the announcer, kind of the MC or the, the, the narrator through the whole yeah. film, the interviewer, but he's yeah. also Paul in there too. Yeah, I, it might be that. And initially the plan was to have Ollie Haskell, who played the music, play the, that character. Um, and then the the people who were given the money were like, no, Eric has yeah. got to be in this a lot. So yeah. I understand that. And they do a fine job of when they're singing the songs. And obviously it's a little weird too, because Eric Idol would then go on to almost do, I think he does singing tours and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. He does a lot of singing. So f- the fact that he's mouthing the words to the song by somebody else song is a little, a little strange. And yeah. It doesn't quite doesn't quite fit sometimes. Question: What do you think about the four of them and and how they did? Oh uh, yeah, I agree. Actually, I agree with a lot of what you said. I actually I think the Paul character is not bad. He does. He's got the Paul mannerisms when they're performing with the sort of big eyes and yeah. the the look on the bass. He does that pretty well. And yeah. then in particular, there was the scene and uh, when they were opening Apple Records and going back and forth between john the john and paul characters stig and nas or uh dirk and nasty yeah and they're i think they're pretty f- accurate uh yeah he gets yeah. a lot of the mccartney isms even if he doesn't necessarily look like him or be as convincing but i think he does okay yeah uh, i also yeah the the stig character is just kind of weird and you know, you've got the the Indian music, of course. And yeah. And like they, all and the George stereotypes without any speech or any role. Yeah. yeah. And Ricky Fatar is an, is an Indian, uh, a right. Native Indian man. So him playing George is kind of seemed to me to be another joke of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a little strange to me. Not that he couldn't have played 
just yeah. to have him play have him play more of a George he could character. Talk. Yeah. yeah. So I def- I just felt I've always felt bad for Ricky Fatar who played all his music. Yeah. He actually played the music too. He, he you know played yeah. the guitar parts and stuff. And then to, to not be able to speak in the whole damn movie, no. you know, no. So he's just there smiling and then frowning and towards the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. So there's that. So, so what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is that the characters playing the Beatles, it's a little imbalanced. These songs, oh. I always thought, I think, in my memory, that the songs were not very good were real 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 bad kind of rip off versions mm-hmm. of beatles songs and that changed 100% for me in this viewing yeah. of it and the appreciation i have for neil and his to go not listen to the beatles stuff and then to come up with these songs and Almost all of these songs are like you you can tell what oh immediately that he's yeah like piggy in the middle. It's obviously like you know, I'm the walrus, you know, it's like yeah, so, ouch is help. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and very clever yeah. ones, very you know, some of the some of the titles and the it's like he, he totally completely captured the the Beatles writing style. Yes. So I think that that's very great. None of the songs, though, are funny. They're just fake Beatles songs. But so, I, I don't know if I agree. I so, mean... to, well, to me, they're not. They're not. Maybe "Ouch" is a little funny, but, but, <laughs> but to me, it's it's wow. This is really great. These are really great recreations. Yeah, they're yeah. fascinating, wonderful recreations. Wonderful job. Yeah. I'm not I'm not laughing at the songs. I'm not laughing at the performances of the songs at all. Maybe there's no no, to me. There's no humor in it to me. It's just like, wow, this is really wonderful. Yeah. So so it takes it. Does it subtract from the humor a little bit? Yeah. But but what I realized in this viewing is there's the humor is other places. One and two, the songs are so authentically sound like the thing that <laughs> it is i'm in awe of the that he was able to do it yeah, yeah. i i think that's fair uh I, I i don't think yeah they're not hilarious but i think they're really effective and and have some really they're clever yes. i think and like for sure. example the song number one which is supposed to be like a uh, twist and shout i guess is that yeah yeah number uh, one number, number no, one sort of has, like got us i saw her standing there twist and shout yeah and it's got two meanings it's, it was their first number one hit but you're yeah. my number one could be the person so it's it's kind of clever in it's wordplay uh the yeah. psychedelic stuff the arrangements i think are really good and for yeah. me the music is the strongest part of this oh yeah you show. for sure yeah. i'm not i'm not i'm not the, yeah the music is so authentically great like yeah you know with the Take Piggy in the middle, for instance, yeah. with all of the, you know, you're going to get all of the woos and the orchestra stuff. The let's be natural. It sounds so much like uh, Dear Prudence and yeah. that type of style. It's very, very uh, well done, you know. So I, I think I think the fact that they could catch and, and to play, though, it's not like they're just playing one album. 
it's no, the, the, the whole, whole thing fucking catalog so it's like yeah what i was no- noticing uh listening i just after i watched the film i listened to the music again yeah. and that like for instance goose step mama it's rough it's yeah. not very good it is just like they would be as they were playing in the cavern and mm-hmm. rough and kind of of course the the most super accurate one was get up and go and that caused the john lennon's uh ears to perk up (laughs) so so what happened with john you might have to keep that off the album and they actually did yeah it from the album because they didn't want to get sued because it was so close to get back so yeah i wonder about some of the you know there are they are really close and and like the one that sounds like uh with a girl like you, uh, if I yeah. fell. Oh, sounds... the, if I fell, oh. yeah. Uh, with a girl like you is the name yeah. of it. Yeah, it's totally like it. And I'm, you know, in yeah. the news recently, we had the Ed Sheeran, Marvin Gaye copyright battle. And yeah. I think these sound a lot more similar than those songs did. So whew. sure. But here's the thing because they've got a participation of George Harrison, mm-hmm. if they'd have just done this and put it out and then not talk to you know not been friends with the, the Beatles. yeah yeah not talk to the beatles maybe they would have got sued sure but, well hey george had experience with getting sued for the same yeah. things so. so he's not gonna he's it's, not gonna sue him so I, no. I think it was a you know it was a it was a good decision to yeah. to but these are i mean they're real great they're they're yeah they're really they're great they're really great but i just think i think that the piece for me drags a little sometimes because we're getting such such accurate depictions of them playing these clever but not funny funny songs got it yeah um so it's sort of like the love life love life that that yeah yeah all you need is all you need is love portion and they're there and all that the scene goes on they play the whole song pretty much so it's like i'm i'm i feel like the film drags in those places well let's get into that yeah yeah so the so the film itself so it's it's, it only runs about an hour a little over an hour i think 70 minutes maybe uh it yeah there's a there's a slightly longer version out yes there are two versions Yeah. yeah i'm not sure which one i watched even but yeah it it pretty much runs kind of like the uh complete Beatles. complete Beatles, exactly exactly so, so you get the history of the ruddles but i find that the most interesting bits are and sometimes the jokes in the, these bits are a little old timey <laughs> uh uh-huh. but but the announcer guy yeah the announcer guy the eric idle character eric idle character he goes throughout and he you know announces and it's like he's exploring the history of the ruddles <laughs> so so a lot of it's like on locations that the ruddles would have been um but then i think it was a very good idea to add this other layer of he goes to new york and and talks to some people in new york and that's where we get the snl people most yeah. of the snl bits are great yes um and then there's also this whole new orleans scene yeah where he's yeah. talking to these <laughs> those are very funny actually and i thought those were great and i and then they were like, like they used old real blues people. singers yeah, yeah yeah they used old blues singers and stuff like that so it was really good and you know 
and and he's like we go to went to new orleans to to <laughs> show just how expensive documentary could be you know so i th- i thought that was funny and i thought it's a lot of the jokes a lot of the jokes are in that that place in yeah the, in the eric idle announcing that's true that's true uh, place and a lot of the when then we go to the footage of them playing at the cavern or something and it just looks authentically and really really well done like they've copied the beatles yeah yeah definitely so so i just think that there's a little bit of a missed opportunity in some Mm. of those spots to put a little more jokes in there yeah there are some jokes in interviewee type stuff like like the aforementioned Ringo says, I want to be a, oh, what do you want to be? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After this, oh, I'd like to be two, two hairdressers. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then there's little jokes like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So to, to that point, the Eric Idol, char- the announcer character, has a lot of these funny lines and they're, ver- they seem very Monty Python like, like, for example, when he's in the, the rat's keller and he's talking about, uh oh and this is the rats keller which means a cellar full of rats literally rats were eating and then meanwhile a rat wait, whoa, 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 what's going on and there's a rat either <laughs> all the rats are biting yeah. him and jumping on him uh, yeah. so that that's kind of funny stuff Where he's and like then, I'm, I'm here by the banks yeah the banks the, yep. and he, he's actually stand, and then he turns and there's a bank there yes first national bank of, or something. yeah and so and and then he gets a look on his face <laughs> And then he's like, I'm here by the banks, and he's actually out near the water right. of uh, New Orleans. So uh, I thought that those jokes, that's where some of those jokes are a little old-timey, but mm. I, they all worked for me, and they were all really good. Okay, so, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, another thing I thought was really effective, so it is supposed to be a documentary, kind of a documentary thing. And in every documentary, of course, you have the talking heads, and we have some celebrities who I think, to me, steal the show. Yeah. Uh, for me... Paul Simon and Mick Jagger oh, yeah. are fantastic in here. They're yes. they're playing the part so well uh, and quotable. So Mick Jagger's you're talking, it, it really follows the Stones and Beatles story and the rivalry. And, and he's talking about, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Dirk was the one. He was always right hustling for songs and giving us songs and we we said we'd record record one but it was horrible we didn't yeah yeah we never recorded it it's (laughs) like he told this story exactly like the beatles did it like and they went across the road and they were at a song and they brought it back to us yeah it was terrible it was terrible we didn't have the funniest line which is the last line right before the the credits roll where they ask him do you do you think that the ruddles will get back together and he goes, I hope not. Yes. <laughs> so, he, he is great in there. Yeah, he's and, very good. And Paul Simon is so awesome, too. I, I used to yeah. quote a lot of his lines because he he's like, oh, you know, and yeah, you know, the Beatles are on Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan's like, you know, be quiet, be quiet or some some nonsense warning or something. And you know, he's just got all these great lines. And it was very astute planning. It sounds very Paul Simon like <laughs> in his analysis of it. Yeah, yeah. So he's great in there. Now I also like okay. So then they also have these these people playing versions of people in the Beatle world. Yes. So Beatle friends, if you will. Beatle friends. So for instance, Bill Murray plays Bill Murray the K, <laughs> and does a really good bit. I think that that's a very funny bit. He's talk fast, he fast like, if you call me and you don't want a real song i will 
<laughs> in Flushing. This is the top song in Flushing, and it will go in Flushing. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's in there as, I think, a, just a, a unnamed executive that didn't sign the Beatles. I think he was supposed okay. to be, yeah, maybe the related to Alan Williams, the mm-hmm. guy who didn't sign the Beatles, yeah. and he keeps coughing. Like Michael Palin's clearly playing Derek Taylor. He's called yes. Eric Manchester, but it's clearly Derek Taylor. Pretty decent Derek Taylor. Uh, I mean, it's what is a Derek Taylor? Yeah, right, right. But uh, pretty, pretty good job there. Of course, then that means that he gets interviewed at some point. Yeah, by a TV reporter. <laughs> yes. by one Mr. George Harrison himself. Yep. So we get George Harrison in two scenes. We have him. He's interviewing. Uh, Derek Taylor, uh, played by Michael Palin. Uh, and what's Eric, happening, by the way? What's the, set the it's stage about, for us? They've set up Ruttlecore, yeah, which is a banana instead of an apple. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and people are just coming in in the background. There, Derek Taylor's characters like saying, "Like, oh, you know, uh, no, everything's." <laughs> everything's going fine you know and meanwhile there's just people are just stealing stuff in the background so including some funny stuff like the bear the stuff the yes they're wheeling out a bear and yeah Yeah. so that bit works really well and and uh you know perfect perfect little role for (laughs) non-actor george harrison to play yes um, and then he does has a second bit with Ron Wood as a biker. It doesn't that that one's yeah. much less successful. But uh, my favorite is, of course, being a person who loathes Alan Klein. <laughs> I knew this was coming. Uh, John Belushi, yeah, Ron Decline, <laughs> and he does the classic sort of like he's walking down the yeah, and people are like leaving and disappearing and. One guy tries to hand him something and he hits him on the head. And he's just like a and behind him is uh two two uh, uh other people from the his henchmen SNL yeah. playing his henchmen, which is uh Tom Davis and Al Franken, of yeah. course, US Senator Al Franken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that 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 bit works and his his interview oh it's hilarious is so great because he's like, I you know, I'm just I'm not good. I don't know anything about math. I don't know anything about math or money. Yeah, I wasn't good in that in school. (laughs) And the way he's just like being like real genuine and (laughs) yeah, but I'll get you money if you need it. I'll get yeah. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty great. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like, what is the the issue with talking about this one? Like a lot of the time we talk about the beats of the movie, but yeah, yeah, there's not much to talk about because it's just. It's just the okay. So I, I here's a question. Okay, which of the recreations did where's your favorite? Mm. So so uh, this is and we're talking about like little moments throughout the film where they we get these songs. Yeah. Um. So we get like when we get say with a girl like you, I think that's during the footage that would be that a hard day's night right right we we get ouch which is during the it's like the set it looks it has all the look of help we get uh you know what else do we get well get up and go is on the rooftop too oh yeah get up and go on the rooftop ron nasty shoves a guy off the roof right at the beginning (laughs) 
get uh i am the walrus of course picking pick yeah. it all so which of those did you was your favorite thing they are they're all good i think i actually like the early stuff i think better the uh the ed sullivan and mm-hmm. into the hard days night uh the first time it comes through when because they use the real ed sullivan clip but yeah he's will say now yesterday and today our people <laughs> newspaper guys have been here talking about this group from liverpool called the rottles <laughs> yeah it's like they're not subtle with it no so it's dubbed it's, in and it's kind of funny it, it makes it funnier i think yeah so i um, i think they capture to me they capture the early beatles better than the later beatles so i i like the earlier stuff i think Oh yeah, I t- I tell you what, which one I liked was the one you mentioned earlier that sounds like if I fell. Yeah, was the done like at the royal. Yes. So they've got a fake Queen of England, and yes, and yes, it was like oh we're go- was special, very special woman. It's Ron's mother or whatever. Yeah, I, f- I forget what the joke is. So I liked that. I liked that little uh, thing. We might have to talk about the royal. Yeah, that's could be coming up on one of our classic Beatle gigs yeah. series. Yeah, another question. So we you've talked about all the famous people, mm-hmm. but there are some other bit characters or bit parts, and I have a couple of favorite ones. So I wonder what are some of your uh funny ones? So, like for example, Leggy Mountbatten, who's supposed to be Brian Epstein, or uh dick jaws who's supposed to be dick james or some of these other characters who aren't the the funny celebrities yeah well i like how i think maybe the funniest sequence to me is leggy mountbatten when they go up to (laughs) the equivalent of going to india and then leggy mountbatten instead of dying he just goes to australia that's right (laughs) <laughs> um, so I thought that that was really funny, and then of course they're like shocked and stunned. They have yes, the interview they like that happened when Brian Epstein yeah. died. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a bit shocked. Yes, and he's stunned. He's stunned. Uh, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. So I, yeah. I thought that's probably the, my favorite Leggy Mountain. What What about yours? Uh, oh, actually, no, that's not my favorite. My no. favorite are definitely the New Orleans. Oh, those two. Yeah. The the because the one guy is like, yeah, it started here. They stole my stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's complaining about how the these people came and stole his music. Mm-hmm. The first guy they interview is like, oh, I learned everything I knew from them. They taught me everything. I, I never yeah. played the played <laughs> any music until then. Yeah. Um, and then the second guy is like talking about <laughs> talking about how they stole his stuff. And then his wife chimes in and is like, he's lying. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. That was good. Was like, he was saying Frank Sinatra was stealing his stuff last week. He's like, well, he did. You know, <laughs> arguing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was great. Those are yeah, the New Orleans scene was really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite all time person in there actually <laughs> says nothing, but it's just so. The, the look and the timing is so perfect. So they ask, well, what do professional musicians think about the quality of the music and the innovations? We went to Oxford University to interview Dr. So-and-so, who's been chair of the music department for 30 years to hear what he said. And what do you think about it? And all he does is just go and close the door on Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's funny. <laughs> it is hilarious. The, the look on the old guy's face is just great. Yeah. And that's followed up with the the opposite, the professor oh, of yeah. applied narcotics. That's right. Like, that's oh, right. It's transmogrified. And yeah. Transmorphed. And <laughs> yeah. And they're basically same result. Yeah. Same result. Like we didn't understand a word that guy said. No, no. So. So a couple of things like that, I think, are pretty effective. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, boy, am I? Am I? I know. I know you probably were thinking I was going to come in here today and just absolutely blast this. Thing I was. I was worried because I didn't like it when I watched it the huh. first time. I really didn't, and and surprisingly so too, because I like most of the Beatles. Or I'm most obviously I like the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like I like a lot of uh monty python i love monty python yeah a lot of people don't even like monty python there are people out there they don't get british humor right they don't get it so i think if you're one of those people maybe you're not gonna like Mm. this as much even if you are a heavy beatles fan but and some people are probably like you're crazy i love those songs so much they're so hilarious. <laughs> I don't think they're that funny personally, no. but I can I can understand that that different reaction for me too. But um as a whole piece, I, I really do, do think it was pretty great. And yeah. oh okay. There are a couple things though that I have a big problem with. Okay. What, can, can you guess number one big problem? Number one, uh Number one, number, number one, one. Actually, number one. Number actually, one. my number one big problem I already mentioned, which was the the not having George talk. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Ron Nasty's wife. Oh, Ron yes. Nasty gets married to a woman, and it's supposed to be Yoko, right? But it's a German woman, and she's dressed in in Nazi gear. Yeah, and. I like think a dominatrix or something or yeah yeah it was sort of like there was like a flip joke about her mom her, her mom her father had cre- had invented germany or something yeah yeah so sort of like or in, no invented world war ii invented world that's, war ii that's right so that's it was sort it was. of like it's sort of like hitler's daughter <laughs> so we're comparing yoko to hitler's daughter and she's wearing Nazi gear in the piece. So I just don't think it's funny. I yeah. don't, I think the bit doesn't land whatever bit they're trying to do and whatever they're trying to say about it is negative. I feel like they're a little negative on Yoko. Okay, for sure. Which would not be out of line with how most people felt at that time too in the yeah. 70s. So maybe it's of its time kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's very funny. It just doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's, kinda... it's a it's a weak bit. That yeah, didn't yeah. didn't worry. And I think that rub from I watched some of the interview stuff that's mm. clipped from the DVDs. Now you can only get it on YouTube. They were saying, eh, John Lennon sort of really didn't like mm. that part of it, although generally he liked it. Apparently, and... in fact, he couldn't. He uh, someone he wouldn't give the cassette tape vcr tape away he wouldn't give it back because he liked it so much so yeah somebody once asked him if he liked it and he just sang cheese and onions back yeah so (laughs) 
Yeah. What yeah. were the, what do you think of the Beatles reactions to it? Cause we mentioned, well, obviously George was positive cause he's in it and he bankrolled or was supportive. Yeah. And John was pretty positive. How about Ringo and Paul? Yeah. I don't think I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Paul apparently didn't like it until Linda loved it. Right. Right. So, so Linda loved it so much that he finally <laughs> kind of came around to it, I think. Yeah. So, but he probably just was like, you know, he's still in that period of yeah. just being, you know, bad taste in his mouth. Right. About the whole thing, I think. So. And Ringo would just thought there were too many. He didn't like the sad parts. <laughs> <laughs> he said all the, the funny, the, the up bits were funny, but it was uh, kind of made him sad. Uh, he he <laughs> yeah. felt the scenes mimicked sadder times hit too hard. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I've seen it so many times now, and I, I I gauge it by my students who are, of course, younger than we are. And if they're laughing, and some of them are groans, you know, a mm-hmm. few groan jokes, but they're yeah. laughing. And after being through a semester of a Beatles class, and they're laughing, I think, okay, it hits the mark. It, it gets the humor, and then we talk about it afterwards, and they they joke about, oh, they changed this and that, and they changed this, and they're kind of figuring out how it's different than. The Beatles story and the clever. So yeah. So I, I think it's pretty effective even now. Yeah, I think I think I didn't get to I thought this was just and I'm so there's a big I'm a com I'm a comedy guy. All right. Yeah. Oh I've, yeah. That's been a, a large part of my life. Yeah. So the thing that I I parody is one thing, satire is another thing. And I thought that this initially thinking back on it and having not watched it for probably 30 years, mm. honestly, I thought, oh, this is just a, a like uh, the equivalent of mad TV, which is mm. you're you're doing it. You're doing an impression of somebody, but you're not really saying anything. Yeah. But watching this again, I think they have a take on everything that happened to the Beatles, like Ron declines a perfect example. Yeah. They're saying, yeah, we think this guy's a crook and, and terrible <laughs> guy, you know? So, so, so I feel like they did have a take and I, I feel like I appreciate the songs a lot more than mm. I did because I, I, I think that they're very clever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm turned around on it. Good. I'm glad to hear it because you are a comedy guy. I was kind of worried that you would be think a lot of it really didn't land, but uh, I'm glad that maybe it's because we've been doing this podcast for so long now and getting so deep into them. You see things in a different way and you, it makes the songs more interesting and uh, you you get what they're after maybe more. Yeah, sure. Sure. There's still, okay. Is this your, okay. Okay, Dave, <laughs> big question for you. Who's a better fake Beatles band? The Ruddles or Oasis? Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's tough. Uh, I guess I'd have to go with Oasis because they're <laughs> yeah. more original. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, good question. Yeah. Pretty much the, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so if you haven't seen 
all you need is cash. Uh, it is available on YouTube. You can check it out there. Yeah, that's and, another one. Why? Why? Why don't we get a streaming thing? I mean, I know these DVDs. DVD sets come out, and this one doesn't even have a Blu-ray release no. or anything like that. So, and then it had a follow-up movie that Eric Idle made but couldn't get distributed. Called what was the name of the follow-up film? <clears throat> Oh, uh, second one was called Ruddles 2, Can't Buy Me Lunch. Yeah, and that, that was supposed to be sort of like how the that documentary, The Beatles... Um, Revolution. Revolution. Was, yeah. Where it's yeah. a bunch more interviews of people talk, thinking about the Ruddles, but there's no new Ruddles footage. No. And that's what kind of uh, frustrated people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have the Ruddles Archaeology, which is a a, a, a second album, yeah. and a lot of people like that one a lot. I've n- I've never even listened to it, to be honest with you. But uh, I sampled it a little bit this afternoon, and there's mm-hmm. uh, some of the songs are actually even like breakdowns, kind of like the anthologies. So there, or there, there's studio chatter, and it really does follow oh. that mold. So it's, it's it's worth a listen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll g- I'll give that one a listen, but. Uh, I was wrong. I can oh, admit when I'm wrong and I can well, so I'd give it a thumbs up. I, I do think that it's flawed. It's flawed in in some ways. I think they're missing some jokes. It could have been could have been funnier. The Beatles parts in. Why do I know it could have been funnier? Because there are some funny bits in there. But I feel like, for instance, they do the thing where he says that they're bigger than Jesus and they just change it that. to they're bigger than God. Yeah. And then he just sort of like says like Oh, they misheard me. It was bigger than Rod, Rod Stewart. And then they they show this yeah. hilarious clip of Rod Stewart preening and dancing yeah. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That that's yeah. funny. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, but I still feel like it could like those all of those yeah. parts could have been funnier. Uh I don't know. I, I get it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. it's tough because I, I like they do such a good job of copying. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but I like I'd like a copy that Weird Al Yankovic's a uh, uh, whole career is a copy that's also also some added humor. True, true. Do it. So I feel like they could they could have done that copy and somehow got a little juiced, a little more humor out of the take thing. it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, and took it to the next level. So I think I think they leave a little bit of that on the on the table, but yeah. but minor complaint really uh overall i'd give it a thumbs up yeah and me too definitely maybe a six and a half seven yeah i'll give it a little higher i'll maybe seven and a half for the songs just because they're really really yeah they're they're really good i was listening to all of them and and it's all those little details like the Mm -hmm. like the the Mm -hmm. one that's supposed to be penny lane what's that one oh i like that one too uh uh Double back alley. Oh, double back. Yeah, it's a catchy and it's got, tune. It's got the horn in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's really like wow. They went. They got a horn. They played the horn really well. Yeah, you know. So, so I, I think, I think the people that the particularly the 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 guy who didn't get to play, the guy mm-hmm. who didn't get to be a ruddle, but who played all of Ollie Haskell died back in ninety two. And, you know, he was, this was one of the biggest thing he 
things yeah. he did too and he, he didn't get any of the credit for it no eric idols their mouth on all the words of him singing the he sings all the paul songs and neil ennis sings the neil, john yes neil yeah. ennis sings the john songs so <laughs> it's sort of like uh <laughs> he does such a great job yeah uh and doesn't kind kind of get the credit for the songs i think so yeah it's a, it's a shame but it is yeah. well all told, thumbs up from both of us. Definitely yeah. go watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, go check it out and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, before we go, we hope this hope that satisfies you with your ruddle uh, interests. Feel free to, to comment on our uh, media, uh, social media, and let us know what you think. But we also want to know what you think, because before we recorded this, we heard the news last week that... Oh, yeah. Ringo Starr is right. coming out with three, not one, not two, <laughs> but three more EPs. Yeah, he's a he's a game changer. Yeah, Ringo. he's a trendsetter, a game changer. He's like the album is dead. Yes, the EP don't ever release another album ever. However, now I'm, I'm joking, obviously. Yeah, but but. Let me tell you something. I when this announcement came out, there is an interesting thing that he's doing. I don't know what's happening with the first one because it was a little vague, yeah. or when the first one's coming does, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the second one is solely going to be produced by Linda Perry, right? And the third one is going to be a country music one mm -hmm. produced by T Bone Burnett. Now that is a good move, Ringo. Yes, <laughs> that is a good move. So now, instead of these, the way these EPs have been has been like, eh, let's put a oldie in here, let's mm -hmm. put a country song in here, let's put a reggae, like, reggae. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a reggae. Toss a reggae in there that will put a a total bullshit uh, <laughs> song that's complete. Uh, We've heard a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Change the world. Yeah. A, a fun game to do is just make up your own Ringo, <laughs> Ringo lead single. You know, yeah. You could. I bet Chat uh, GPT could uh, do that. Could come yeah, up oh, with for sure. <laughs> Peace, love. Yeah. Time for love. You Time know, for love. Like, yeah. 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 So. Yep. Exactly. So, but least... I do like. I do like that uh, announcement. Yeah. Uh, the part of the announcement where he's like, he's. T-Bone Burnett and him are going to record four or five songs and Great. put it out as an EP. I'm like, I bet you that's going to be his best thing he's done yeah. in decades. Yeah, because yeah. as listeners to this podcast will know that we have very mixed reviews of the last sets of EPs, pr primarily for that reason. They're yeah. just, they don't really hold together. They're just sort of one-offs or there's always kind of a lame oldie and... It just doesn't, yeah, like uh, it doesn't hold together. So maybe having one writer and think, one producer will help. I, th I think that is a great idea. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah. And I, even whatever you think of the Linda Perry songs, at least just having a cohesive focus to it. Yes. If and a reputable songwriter. Things, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping big things for these Ringos. Well, not yeah. big things, but I'm, <laughs> hoping, I'm hoping decent things for these Ringo EPs and hats off to him mm -hmm. for that and for putting out, you know, these, these archive kind of, although they're very pricey. 
yeah. these archive things in in CD and in vinyl. Right. People want to buy the CDs. People want to buy the buy the vinyl. They get they can get these uh un, sort of previously kind of unreleased or haven't been released in a long time. Stop and smell the roses in the old yeah. wave. And now you've probably got them if you're a big Ringo guy. Right. So, so hats off to him for that. Now the, the demerit on to the rest of the Beatles. Though. Yes. <laughs> and and a demerit to Ringo because he's on tour. And what do you what oh. do you what do you guess that he's gonna perform anything other than what we've already heard? Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So you're not gonna hear one of these songs. Well, he's coming to both my and your towns. He is. Um, and I thought about getting tickets and just can't do it. I no. wanted to. I, and I and really Colin Hayes on this tour, and I love yeah. I love the Colin Hay tunes that are involved. And you want to see Steve Steve uh, Lukather? Oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve Lukather. I just couldn't. It, the ticket prices are really high. Yeah, they are across the board. Not not just Ringo. Ticket prices, guys, have gone through the roof. On yeah. it, you know, it's it's like it's like uh, post pandemic. Everybody's using any excuse mm-hmm. to raise prices on everything. Yeah, so, exactly. So oh, supply chain. Uh, so <laughs> Ringo's tickets have to be <laughs> the cheap seats. Uh, the one I was looking at was like over a hundred bucks Oof. for sure oh. and i'm like i'm not gonna go to chicago theater and sit up way up no way 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 up there you know and pay 150 no. bucks for uh you know a ticket so couldn't do it no but we will be streaming the uh, eps when they come out and doing that's our right. reviews so we'll that's right uh, definitely be doing that and if you are interested in going to see Ringo, I wanted to go see Ringo. Yeah, because I wanted to see him once in my once in my life. Oh, you've uh, never seen him at all. I have never seen him at all. So oh, I wanted, I wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. And if it would have worked out, uh, where the prices were a little bit better, but I just mm. can't. I can't. You know, no, I got a tough. car. I got a car to fix. And I know. I know stuff <laughs> like that. You know, I gotta take my wife to dinner every yeah. once in a while. I can't just <laughs> take her to Ringo. I can't just be. <laughs> Going to spending all this money on Ringo. Come on. No, no, understand. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll That's keep you posted and we'll let you know <laughs> if we hear any more news. But uh, in the meantime, to sum up today, make sure to check out the Ruddles. All you need is cash. And uh, yeah, we will be uh, maybe looking... even if you hate it already. Yeah, check it watch out. Watch again. it again because I, I was wrong. definitely definitely you heard it here first (laughs) all right well thanks again for listening and we'll be back at you soon with a new episode